We're going to talk for a short while this morning on the subject of conflict, and specifically conflict related to social media. Uh, I think this is an important subject. Uh, I'll tell you why we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to talk about this because I'm anti-social media. I'm just not. I think it has a place, and I think when it's used correctly, it can be a good thing. I'm not talking about this because the leadership here is anti-social media. I know them not to be. They, we've used social media in the past. We used it through the pandemic. And we've even used it to reach out and spread the gospel. So the leadership here is not anti-social media. They've not asked me to give this lesson. So that's another reason why we're not going to do it. And another reason we're not going to talk about this morning is because anything I've seen specific to any one individual in this room. That's not why we're doing this. So if, you, if you've posted something that you're not real proud of in the last week, rest assured, that's not why we're doing this this morning. I think conflict, and more specifically conflict as it pertains to social media, is something that we really need to talk about. Social media is here to stay. It's not something that's going to change. It's part of the modern day, and we have to live with it. The question is, are we going to participate in it? Are we going to avoid it? Or is it something that we should and, and are able to use and still follow the Christian life? The reason it's important we discuss this is because we, from the very beginning, when we were all very young, our parents taught us how to have relationships with others. And probably the very first thing and interaction that we remember having in, so, in our social lives was probably someone our, close to our age. Someone we would consider to be a friend, even when we were very small. And one of the first interactions we had, we were probably told to share. And in doing that, that wasn't something we always wanted to do. There were times when, in, when we were having that interaction that we didn't want to share. Or whatever friend we were dealing with didn't want to share with us. And so you had conflict arise. The same thing happens here. If we fast forward to the time when we're adults or we're young adults, we go on social media, we see things there, and we don't like what we see sometimes. Sometimes we're offended by the things that we see. And how do we react to that? Because in somehow, in some manner, there's a sort of conflict that occurs. How are we supposed to deal with that? What is the expectation from us, and what would God have us do in those situations? You know, it's really not a good look for anyone. When we see things played out in social media and we see these arguments and people putting one another down, that's probably not a good look for anyone involved in that. And certainly, I think some people go back and they see those interactions and, of course, they take them off. And it's because they see that's, that's not the way they want to be portrayed and that's not what they want other people to see when it comes to them. You know, we've certainly or quickly understand that there are real people behind those posts. And it's easy to stay behind your keyboard or behind your phone and just start firing things off, no matter what they are, not realizing that there's someone on the other side of that reading those words. And we can get caught up in that and behind those posts. And you begin to see that this is not a forum to designed to support conflict resolution. And if you hear nothing else I say this morning, I want you to understand that. These are not platforms designed to support conflict resolution. They're just not. It's not a good way to solve things. It's not a good way to hash things out with somebody. 
There are other ways to do that, and that's not what these platforms were meant for. You know, we don't want to get into controversy this morning as we look at these things, and we don't have to. The things that we're going to discuss and, and talk briefly about are well accepted. The companies that support these platforms, they fully admit these things have happened. The controversy comes in when you talk about their intent or what they were intending to do with those things. And those things are certainly in the news right now, and that's not why we're here talking about this this, this morning. Most of the things, and, uh, for uh, transparency reason, most of the things I got here from, was from a psychologist named Dr. Uh, Robert Epstein. A lot of his research in the past probably two decades has been over social media and internet and that type of thing. So a lot of the things that I've gotten here came from him. Uh, his most recent works are in uh, social media, or excuse me, algorithm suppression, and that's where you really get into the controversial piece of social media. And we're not going to go there. We don't need to because it doesn't serve our purposes this morning. As we look at social media, we'll do it from an aspect of what everyone knows to be true. Not even the companies themselves dispute these things, so there's really nothing controversial about it. You know, I've told the story when I first saw Facebook. I was walking through a coffee house, and a friend of mine was sitting there, and she was looking at her screen and said, what are you looking at? She said, this is, this is Facebook. I had no idea what it was. This was probably around 2003. It was very basic. It had a picture of her, you know, and some details behind her biography. And I thought, well, you know, that's kind of cool. But that's really all it was at the time. And from there it grew, and it grew quickly. At the time, you could not have a Facebook account without a university uh, email address. You know, a, a WT University or a Texas Tech University, you had to have one of those email addresses because it was specifically intended for collegiates. But you know, they quickly found out that, man, this network could grow substantially if we raised that restriction. And so that's what they did. And when they raised that restriction, they really opened a floodgate of people enrolling as users in this stuff. As they grew their networks, they just compounded and compounded and compounded. And that was really the idea, because if I go on one of these platforms and none of my friends are there, why would I want to be there? I don't. So they needed as many people as they could get as quickly as they could get them. Now the problem came when they had to monetize the company. Now what does that mean? For so long, they were operating off of investment dollars. They had investments, or people investing money in these companies, and they weren't turning a profit at all. They weren't even raising any revenue, not one penny to this point. So they had to figure out a way to make money off this. And as I recall, they had two options, and I remember them going through this. They could charge a subscription fee, which they discussed it somewhere around $5 a month, but what they found when they market tested that was they would lose millions of their, of their users, which to that point, that's what the company was about, gaining users. Or they could sell advertising on the site. And that has yielded to them billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. And that's obviously what they went with. Now, what most people think of advertising isn't necessarily what they did. They didn't just get a sign and put it in front of everybody and say, hey, this is what we want you to buy. They didn't do that. 
they had more of a targeted approach. They wanted to go directly to the people that wanted a specific product. So I'll give you an example. If I start a company and I want to sell hair bows, I've got these great hair bows that are great for little kids. I don't go to Jennifer and try to sell Jennifer hair bows. Why? Because she only has sons, and I don't think they want to wear hair bows. So she's not a good person for me to market to. But if I know Jenny's sitting over here, and Jenny has two little girls that may want to wear hair bows, that's who I want to spend my time on. And so that's what they did. They essentially created a profile on each and every user. And they marketed that directly to those people. You know, when we use social media and we try to extend the gospel to people, do we want to send that out to people that are just going to scroll by it? No, we want, want it to go to people that have an interest, that have an interest in what God wants in their life. And we get pretty specific about the people we want to send that to. Now, that do, is that all we send this specific thing to? No. We want to reach out to everyone. But specifically, we want those that ha might have an interest in the gospel. You remember the first time you saw something you searched on Google on an entirely different site? I can remember that. I can remember that first time that it happened, and it kind of gave you a weird feeling because you were like, who's watching me? Why am I seeing these boots that I searched on this site on this other site? It's because of that profile they built on me. And things have progressed tremendously since then. And they branched out quite a bit from hair bows and other things that we've seen. They now use all kinds of traits like gender, race, political affiliation, the values you hold, all sorts of other information. Not just to advertise, but to select content that you view. You know, what you see and what I see are probably relatively similar. Uh, we have a lot of the same values. We live in the same part of the world. So they're not tremendously different. But what I see on social media and what a 22-year-old kid living in urban America see are going to be totally different because all of these things are geared toward these people. The things they want me to see are geared toward my likes and my interests. And what they want some young kid to see are geared towards that, child, that kid's interests. And that's just the way it works. Now, here's where the problem comes in. I know this has been long, but this is where the problem comes in. When they've been feeding both sides all the affirmations that they could want for every belief that they have, and these two people intersect, it becomes a problem. And that's where you see conflict when you look in social media. I've been over here looking at the things and reading the news articles and all of these different sites that I've gone to to affirm my beliefs, the things that I believe to be true. And they fed me that stuff, and they fed me that stuff, and I said, yep, I knew it. There it is right there. It's in writing. I knew it was true. And they've got this 22-year-old kid over here saying, yep, I knew it all along. That's exactly what the truth is right there. And then the two of us have differing opinions, and all of those affirmations have to come together. That's when it happens. And I'm going to tell you right now, this was not an intended consequence when social media was created. I don't want you to get the idea that I'm demonizing these companies. It was actually an unintended consequence. 
But we're seeing these things played out on a daily basis, and they're affecting people. And we have to be cognizant of that, and we have to realize that these are things that are real, and they're happening. And it's becoming a problem in some people's lives. And it brings us back to someone else going against what we want. When we were a child, when we first learned to have relationships and interact with one another, someone's telling us what we know to be true may not necessarily be true. And we don't like that. So what causes this when we see this happen? Well, a certain element of this is pride. Obviously, a certain element of this, this is pride. And I'll tell you why a certain element of this is pride. Because when I'm looking at something online, is there anybody there looking at me saying, oh, wow, you know, they really called you out? Absolutely not. It's me staring at a screen. But the pride within me tells me I've got to react to this. This guy's calling me out. And I need to tell him what's what. And he needs to know. And you're getting that from both sides. And people get into these conflicts. So we read in Proverbs 13 and verse 10, it says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. You know, pride's a destructive thing. In every facet of our life, if we let pride lead us, you're going to end up with contention. It's gonna, you're going to have a contention in every relationship that you have if you allow pride to lead you. You know, it leads us to do things that aren't even on our own interest. We tend to increase in pride as we experience different successes. And obviously that is something we have to fight when we experience success. Because we can consider ourselves to be something that we're not because of that success in our lives. And we have to realize that and be cautious of it. We adhere that pride comes from contention. With that pride comes contention. We can have the urge to lash out when we read comments. Just reading a comment we can lash out because of our pride. And that's our pride telling us to set that person straight. In Proverbs 15 and verse 18, it says, A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. You know, a wrathful man or a hot-tempered man, he stirs that strife, or he causes that strife, and that's what he's into. You know, he wants to go out and find individuals that will argue with him. That's what, the pride, what pride will do for us. And we have to avoid that. But the guy that's slow to anger quiets or eases strife. You know, I had a friend, and I would, look, I would read through there, and I, he would come up on my feed, and uh, I would see him arguing back and forth with another program. This, he, by trade, he was a developer, and he wrote software for these different companies. And, and it was always kind of funny, you know, it was pretty jovial. They would you know, talk about who's the best programmer, and they would tell each other, ah, that's not the way you ought to do that, you're, you're doing terrible. You know, a couple of nerds just making fun of each other. Adam calls himself a nerd, so that's not demeaning in any way. But it was pretty funny when you would see these two individuals going back and forth. But you know, as time went on, these sort of interactions started to become political. And they started to become personal. And they started to become contentious. You know, that was altogether different than the way that in, those interactions started. You know, I was on the phone with Adam one day and I said, Hey, you know, I hadn't seen you, seen you on social media in a while. What's going on? He said, Well, I had this guy, you know, and we were going back and forth. And he said, I found myself laying awake 
you know, in the middle of the night thinking about what I should have said. You know, we can become that way. Spend our time, spend our effort thinking about what we should have said to somebody to really set them straight. So he walked away. He completely walked away. He put social media down. He said, that's not what I want in my life. And he walked away from it. And I applaud him for that. You know, in his job, he used social media quite a bit. He's found other ways to do that. He doesn't necessarily have to have it. But he's willing to walk away from something that he knew wasn't being a good influence to him in his life. You know, he identified that this was having a larger impact than what it was worth. It just wasn't worth it to him. It was affecting him at home. It was affecting him with his family. And so he walked away from it. You know, hopefully we would be willing to do the same thing. In 1 Samuel 2 and verse 3 it says, Talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Let no arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. You know, it can be arrogance on our part. When we see a lot of people online and we see what they're discussing, and then suddenly we chime in. You know, the absolute professional has arrived at this situation, and now I'm ready to let you know how this is going to be. We can start to feel that way when we let pride take over. And we make a comment as if, as if it's the be-all and end-all comment that's going to settle the entire thing. You know, that's not necessarily so. How many times has that been successful? I, I haven't seen it. It doesn't typically work. You know, I heard, heard a comedian say one time, just once, I want to read in the comments where somebody says, you know what, you make a great point. I've completely changed my mind. <laughs> it's funny because we don't see that. You don't see that. Because these aren't platforms designed for conflict resolution. And we have to realize that. We've been ingrained to think no one ever is going to agree on social media. And that's why that's funny. Because we don't expect it for someone to relent and give in on those things. You know, we're going to go into a situation knowing that we have to keep our pride in check when we're around those things. And if we do that, we'll be more successful in avoiding things that are hurtful to us on social media. I mean, how many times have we heard where somebody got caught up in some of these things and we've seen actual suicides caused because of people being bullied online? And what's our comment to that always? Just put it down and walk away. And that's good advice. That's exactly what we should do. We should not get entangled in those things when they have a negative effect on us. Because what's going to happen is that's going to stir up envy and strife in our lives. In James 3, verses 14 through 16, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Now, how many times have we seen people get into it on social media and just drag families, unmentionable situations, are just all-out misinformation and that, those occurrences for everyone to see. Everyone sees these things. And we've had families dragged through this stuff. It's not the forum for that. It's never going to solve your issues. You know, sometimes we're embarrassed for people, aren't we? We see these things and we're like, oh my goodness, just don't put that out there. 
we need to realize that we can get dragged into these things even unintentionally when we allow these things to get to have that purpose in our life or that importance. You know, I know an individual, and if I said her name, you'd probably know who she was. And she kind of had a reputation for, for being direct with people. You know, but I've seen on numerous times you would go online and you would see some argument or some dis- dis- heated discussion. And she would go in and she'd say, you know what, you need to go talk to this individual. Or you need to go talk to that individual. And that's the right answer. You need to go talk to these people. Not put it out on social media so that everybody sees it. Because that's not going to solve anything. That's just going to create a, a, a worse situation for you. You know, that goes back to the one that is slow to anger and quiets or erases strife, isn't it? Someone who eases that strife rather than stirring it. Because that's the right thing to do. And it often kills the ranting and could actually lead to a solution. You know, these platforms aren't a forum designed for conflict resolution. In Proverbs 16 and verse 28, it says, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. I think this is a good example of how things have changed. In the past, people would, you know, they'd huddle up and they'd whisper and they'd talk about, you know, different people, you know, getting in a circle and gossiping. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. You can do that from the comfort of your home. Because that's what a lot of this stuff is. It's put out there and it's gossip and it's nothing more. And we may call it something different, but we can see it addressed even here in Scripture. It's an old age problem. We've just gotten better at propagating it. In Romans 16 and verse 17, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. He's obviously not talking about social media here, but rather individuals causing problems in the church. But we should follow this same advice. When we know people to be a problem in this area and we know we're having this conflict with them online, we need to avoid them. Why would we keep returning back to that person? It's just like the story I told of Adam. He knew he was going to see this guy if he went on this one side. And he just gave it up. He didn't go there anymore. It just wasn't worth it anymore. And that's how we should all react to that. That may require us not to read the things they put out there or even remove them as friends altogether. If that's what it takes for them not to be a problem in our lives, then that's what we need to do. You know, one of the best passages we have on conflict is in the book of Matthew. Now, within the context of the passage, we're primarily talking about those that are in the church. And we know that because of the context. And we'll read verse 15, but the following verses speak after verse 15, speak about next steps if verse 15 doesn't fix the problem. You know, those next steps involve taking witnesses and taking it before the church and those types of things. And obviously, if someone were, not, were outside the church, trying to get them in front of the church would be a problem. So the following verses are the next step when we're dealing with one another. But verse 15 is a good example for us to follow when we're dealing with people on social media. In Matthew 18 and verse 15, it says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. 
Now, couldn't that fix a lot of the problems that we're talking about this morning? Just go into that individual. Now, it talks about two things here, and I think the two things are very important if this is going to work as the way it was intended. It says, go alone, which would infer, don't go tell everyone else what's going on. Don't go post that out there. Go to them alone. And it also says, which one has the responsibility? Which individual has the responsibility to do that? And it's the one that feels trespassed again has the responsibility. Now that's really backwards to what we see a lot of times. You know, normally we see people that feel they've been wrong pouring their feelings out over social media and waiting for their apology. But that typically doesn't work. It just doesn't work. That's not how this says it should be handled. And if you feel you've been wronged, then you should go to that person. Let them know that they've offended you or they've hurt your feelings or they've said something that wasn't just right. Go to that person in humility and love and let them know what you're going through. And that's the way this, this passage tells us to handle those things. At the end, of the end of the day, we all claim we want disputes and strife solved. But too many times we see people sit and stew on these things in spite of themselves. And that's what the point I want to make. It's in spite of ourselves. It's self-inflicted when we do that. It would suit them better to go to the source of the problem. And that seems to be the last thing that they're willing to do. You know, it's sad because people experience real hurt at times. And the solution isn't as hard as they make it. They're really hurt. And they should take that to different individuals that they're dealing with. That's part of relationships, but somewhere along the way, we've forgotten that. And it's become a problem, and it's caused a lot of issues with different individuals. You know, I've heard a lot of people echo the idea lately, that, and they say as they've gotten older, the thing they want most in their lives is peace. They just want peace. You know, there's so much infighting and so much of the things that we do. We're surrounded by it. You can't turn on the radio. You can't turn on the TV. You can't look at social media. You can't go to the coffee shop without having these conflicts out there in the open and discussed. And I've been guilty. I, I, I discuss the evils of the day on a regular basis. And I'm not saying we shouldn't at times do that. But when that's all we're surrounded by, it can affect us. You know, people are tired of the bickering and the fighting and in some cases just all-out pettiness. Everybody's tired of those things. And hopefully when we come here, we get a reprieve from that. Because that's the idea, to shed those things of the world as we come here. But it's peace they want most of all. In Romans 12 and verse 18, it says, If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. You know, this is a loft, lofty goal. With family, friends, co-workers, and other acquaintances, we interact more and with a wider scope than any other time in history. Our circles are greater and reach further than they ever have because of those things. And that's a good thing about them. But that's also a problem when we start having conflicts with others. Because the more currents we have in interactions with others, the more chances we have of having some sort of conflict. 
In Romans 14 and verse 19, it says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. So this passage takes it a step further. It says not only go after peace, but after things that edify another. You know, we're supposed to be out there trying to help others. Help them find Christ, help them find peace in their lives. All of these things. We're supposed to take that a step further. We think that things in um, in the time of Christ and the apostles were too different from today. We see verses like this. Do you think the Jews might have had some strong opinions? Absolutely they did. They did have strong opinions on things like meats and things like that that we don't think twice about. But they came from that strong tradition in their lives and they had opinions about that. And there was conflict between them and the Gentiles on certain occurrences like this. And the daily talk might be rooted in some unwillingness to make allowances for others. And that's what it really is. We've got to make allowances for one another. We've got to approach each other with grace. You know, here's one passage that might seem familiar. I know at times I tend to think that these people lived in constant harmony. But we see on, a, on occasion that they did have conflict. They did have disagreements. And they had to work through those things. It shows us something different and points out that they had to work and strive for peace. In Galatians 5 and verse 22, we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. You know, I find myself thinking about this verse more and more. You know, the older we get, we think, man, if I could just accomplish that right there, I'd be doing good. If these elements in our, are in our lives, then we do have a pretty good life. You know, no matter how other people judge things, if we've got these things in our life, we've got it pretty good. And if the things on social media cost us even one of these, even one, then we should lay it down because it's just not worth it. If it costs us one of those, it's not worth it. You know, we're challenged in too many different areas to take something on that's self-inflicted. We have those things to worry about. And our last verse is one I want us to consider this morning. In Matthew 5 and verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You know, this is the direction we should be going in life in general, to make peace. You know, we're most familiar with this concept from typical law enforcement. We call them peacemakers. And we see on their vehicles, it may, be, may say peacemaker on it. But, you know, that's a different idea from what we're talking about here. Those men are in communities that are typically peaceful to begin with. And they're there to maintain that peace. But this says a peacemaker. We're to be peacemakers. And that's someone who strives to resolve turmoil where they find it. And that's what we should be available to do to those around us. If we see someone that's struggling in some way or having some sort of turmoil, we should reach out to those individuals. We should strive to make peace and help them have peace in their lives. You know, we can have, a, have an impact as a peacemaker for those around us and help them understand how to truly resolve conflict in their lives. 
Just as that one individual was going on there and saying, hey, just go talk to this person. This is not that hard. This can be very easy for you if you'll just do this. It's the same here. So remember, social media platforms are not designed as forums for resolving conflict. And when we're prideful, whether we do it on social media or elsewhere, we tend to stir up envy and strife. And as peacemakers, we should do our best to avoid joining in with online rants and disagreements, but encourage people to address problems with the offender. And not in a public forum, if, if, if it's possible, because it's just not going to solve your problem. And we can end up putting up stuff up there that we're very embarrassed about later on. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.